This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. A highly watched vote among Amazon warehouse workers in Bessemer, Alabama, has resulted in a defeat for the retail, wholesale, and department store union. Union activists worked hard for months to convince the thousands of workers, 85% of whom are black, to vote to join a union. But ultimately, Amazon's scare tactics appear to have worked. Only about 2,500 workers voted, and of that number, only about 738 voted to join the union. Today, we'll turn to a person who has faced off against Amazon and knows firsthand how to take on the behemoth retailer. Elected to represent the city where Amazon is headquartered, Seattle City Council member Kshama Sawant has led the enactment of a big business tax aimed at Amazon and is now facing a right-wing recall for her actions. Welcome to the program, Shama. Thank you so much for having me, Sonali. So let's first talk, before we get to the recall effort, um, how you view the vote in Alabama. I mentioned just a few thousand out of the 6,000 workers voted and uh, 738 voted to join the union. But there are caveats to those numbers, right? Oh, absolutely. This whole union vote has happened in the context of the company, this behemoth, Amazon, with a trillion dollar economic, global economic footprint, employing uh, just despicable union busting tactics against a workforce and actually uh, in, 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 in the context of a whole America that is starting to rise up against massive injustices. This is uh, in some ways uh, a, um, a following event to the courageous Black Lives Matter protest. So anytime workers go out and fight for a union, that is a courageous act because they know that they're gonna come on, against a barrage of attacks. And I have to say what Amazon has done is become a 21st century high-tech company employing 19th century tactics against labor organizing. There is no honor in the kind of legal as well as illegal union busting tactics that the billionaires of Amazon have used ruthlessly for months and this vote uh, reflects how much of a bigger fight back workers, the labor movement, and you know, uh, you know the working class across America has to wage in order to overcome the pressure and also the lies of big corporations. Just to quote Martin J. Levitt, who wrote this book, Confessions of a Union Buster, in which he says that union busting is a field populated by bullies and built on deceit. A campaign against a union is an assault on individuals and a war against the truth, the only way to bust a union is to lie, distort, manipulate, threaten, and always, always attack. And this really captures the, the real life um, uh, on the ground reality in, in Bessemer in Alabama. I mean, Amazon spent $10,000 a day on anti-union consultants on tactics like changing signal light cycles on the road outside the warehouse so that workers could not talk to union organizers, posting anti-union messages everywhere the workers turned. And so I think we have to be very clear that uh, we this, this was the opening shot, the opening salvo of 
the labor movement uh, and of American workers, and we need to keep building on this. Yes, sometimes movement, movements will result in setbacks. We have to learn lessons from those setbacks and move forward. I understand that one of the first things that Amazon did when the vote was announced or when it was clear that there was going to be a vote is they started a massive hiring spree. There were only about 23 or 2,000-ish workers at the warehouse. By the time voting started, there were 6,000, which already, you know, was, was this was an attempt to dilute the vote. So there were these new workers who hadn't had the chance to be educated about the union uh, and what it meant. Meanwhile, Amazon was um, holding many of them captive in its anti-union tactics. Also, they've thrown out hundreds, or at least have challenged, I understand, hundreds of votes. And it's possible that the Retail Workers Union uh, may win a potential do-over at the National Labor Relations Board. We'll certainly see if that happens. Um, but uh, it, it, it's pretty clear that Amazon played really dirty, right? Oh, there's no question about it. That, and that's the whole point, you know, that this is the war that big corporations and the millionaires and multimillionaires and billionaires conduct against workers has no honor. It is completely devoid of any positive or progressive element. It is a straight up attack on the basic rights of workers. And in fact, they, you know, they, one of the tactics they used is also to have relentless messaging against the workers saying, Amazon is one big happy family. Uh, look, the union just wants your dues. And I think this, this, the, the, the stunning nature of such lies needs to be pointed out. Amazon is not one big family. It is a, a, it's a cutthroat corporation where billionaires gain their wealth by exploiting workers. And in that sense, Amazon uh, is not unusual to capitalism because that is how global capitalism functions, where a few wealth, a handful of wealthy people make all this enormous untold wealth, but that wealth doesn't fall from the sky. It is because the because of the massive exploitation of workers. I mean, it's a zero sum game. It's exploitation of billions of workers results in untold consolidation of wealth. And so I think one of the lessons we need to learn from this also in order to move forward, as I said, as I said before, is not underestimating as you said, Sonali, that the corporation will play dirty. And I think, I mean, as a, as a rank and file union member and a, a fighter for workers' rights myself, I think one of the things I would point out that we have to recognize as a, you know, as a collective understanding in our movement building here on out is to understand that the big business representatives, the billionaires, they are politicians, they are media reps, they are not on our side. And so one of the things that we need uh, to be changed inside the union movement is also to understand that the, the you know the business unionist type of ideas that have prevailed uh, in a lot of unions in the past need to be shed you know where this idea is yes we should fight for our rights but we can do it by getting agreement from the bosses the boss if we convince them and sometimes we may need to mobilize our workers on pickets but you know overall let's have negotiations at the top that approach doesn't work and you know we this is a grim but important lesson for us that that's not how it works and in fact uh, the response to the question of union dues is a very crucial example i mean when amazon says oh the union just wants your dues i think it's uh, the duty of the labor movement and labor leaders as a whole to then combat such lies by uh, being very clear about you know what is it that a union does for workers why is it 
that individually we are powerless, but if we have an organized force like a union, but especially a rank and file um, led democratic union with democratic practices inside the union, then we can become a powerful force and really not just attempt, but be successful at changing the balance of forces. Even though these bosses are so powerful, we can overcome them, but on the basis of building strong unions. And that's where the union dues go. And I think that kind of positive and empowering and truthful messaging needs to be much more pro proliferated inside the workplaces and in the union movement. And of course, uh, Alabama is a right to work state. So in fact, Amazon couldn't even, it was basically lying when it said that the union was going to forcibly take dues. The union didn't have, sadly, the right to demand dues, um, thanks to Republican organizing. Now, you know firsthand the dirty tricks that Amazon will resort to, the information war that it funds through its limitless resources in um, trying to beat back the big business tax, the head tax, uh, Amazon tax, as it's being uh, called in Seattle, and, and you are considered perhaps enemy number one for Amazon in its home city of Seattle, where it is headquartered. Give us a sense of the tactics that you have faced in taking on this massive retailer. We've seen uh, anywhere from mailers full of lies to public threats that jobs will be shut down. So as you alluded to, Sonali, uh, Amazon and its um, spokespeople, including Jeff Bezos himself, have employed all kinds of threatening and extortionist tactics. And one of the crucial examples of this was in 2018, which was our first attempt of the movement at the Amazon tax, which is a tax on big corporations in Seattle like Amazon, but certainly not limited to Amazon, in order to fund an expansion of affordable social housing and Green New Deal projects. And at that time, when we were fighting for it in 2018, Jeff Bezos openly threatened the city saying, if you institute this tax, then we're going to shut down 7,000 jobs. And I think that's also an example of where it's important for us to be clear in the movement that the only way we will be able to combat and win against such dirty, despicable lies is by building unity on the ground. And unfortunately, what happened at that time is that uh, construction uh, uh, labor union leaders unfortunately fell for that uh, rather than understanding that the rights of union workers and the rights of all workers to have affordable housing, all of this goes together. You are now facing a recall. You only relatively recently won re-election and that to uh, beating back a very well-funded campaign against your re-election. Would you say that Amazon is behind the recall effort or at least its allies might be? Oh, there's no question that the recall campaign is a right-wing and big business backed campaign. And as you said, we won the re-election and this was uh, our second re-election, in other words, third election only in November, 2019. And just months later, this recall campaign was launched against us. So as you correctly stated, this is an attempt to have a do-over of an election result that they did not like. It is completely undemocratic from its very inception. And the Washington state recall law is also profoundly undemocratic and is set up. The law is written in such a way as to uh, exempt establishment politicians from any accountability. And so grassroots recall campaigns are thrown out. 
and uh, they it is also uh, on the flip side you know it, uh, the law allows wealthy entities to go after working class representatives like myself and so uh, no doubt that uh, amazon executives are behind it one thing they have learned from the 2019 experience where despite all the millions unprecedented you know for a city council race spending millions against a socialist they learned a lesson from that that you know overt spending of that kind does not pay off in a in a genuine in a city where the working class is genuinely progressive and so they're trying to be very subtle and covert about it so we're going to see a lot coming out but as you said already the information that we have about the recall campaign and who's backing it is very much amazon like entities so just to give you an example in addition to the amazon tax and the 15 dollar minimum wage we have also our office and socialist alternative and our movements have won victories on renters' rights that were thought unheard of. And so it's not surprising that among the backers of the recall are really um, uh, you know, wealthy real estate interests. Just to give you one example, George Petrie, who is the CEO of Goodman Real Estate. This is a $2.5 billion real estate conglomerate with holdings in the US and Canada. It is the most evicting landlord. This corporation is the most evicting landlord in our city. And so it's no surprising it's not surprising that Goodman Real Estate is one of the corporations uh, you know, whose executives are funding the recall campaign. And I wouldn't have enough time actually to name all the real estate magnates who are supporting the recall campaign. And you know what's notable here, Sonali, is that many of these guys, many of these are multimillionaires or billionaires, many of them had donated both to Republican campaigns and um, democratic presidential campaign. So mm. in other words, it's, it's also revealing of how the corporate tentacles are very much situated in the establishments of both the big business parties. And it's no surprise that they are coming after the only elected socialist. One other example I'll give you is Frank Schrantz, who is a former CEO of Boeing and a former assistant secretary of defense to Republican President Gerald Ford. He maxed out to the recall just last month. So uh, the uh, basis of the recall is, it seems, some sort of technical, uh, some claims of some some violations of technical rules that, uh, and we had actually spoken to somebody who was active in the Shama Solidarity campaign some weeks back. Our audience can find that interview on our website where we dug into these claims. So this seems to be a thinly veiled attack against your political agenda. You do have support among grassroots Seattle city residents residents. What is the status right now? Give us a sense of when the recall is taking place. What is the support that you are hoping for? And uh, yeah, as, as, as you were saying, we uh, we uh, launched a campaign. In fact, months ago, we launched a campaign as soon as the recall was filed against us. And of course, it's a long drawn out process that goes to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has just recently, the state Supreme Court recently upheld three charges against our office. And this is the same state Supreme Court that unanimously threw out the grassroots recall of Amazon's mayor, Democrat Jenny Durkin. I mean, she's Seattle's mayor, but I call her Amazon's mayor because <laughs> she very, very loyally and unwaveringly represents the interests of Amazon, Comcast, CenturyLink, you name it, all the billionaire class, you know, she represents them. But the thing is she, oversaw the vicious police crackdown against Seattle Black Lives Matter protesters, including with Seattle police under her using tear gas during a respiratory epidemic. And there was a grassroots recall campaign against Jenny Durkin that I supported, that Socialist Alternative uh, supported, because it was, again, you know, it was calling out the fact that under her 
watch the police use dangerous weapons, which are dangerous in general, but especially in a respiratory pandemic. And this was despite the fact that medical and public health professionals have repeatedly, uh, you know, they have made public pleas to democratic administrations throughout the country saying, please don't use tear gas, especially during COVID. And yet the same Supreme Court that has upheld the recall charges against me and against the socialist movement unanimously ruled that that recall against Durkin for the use of tear gas just represents a political disagreement, quote unquote, hmm. with Durkin and therefore did not have merit. So it's obvious that it's undemocratic. And so as far as the timing is concerned, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's not clear when this will uh, go forward because also because, you know, they have a certain, the recall has a certain period in which they can collect signatures to go on the ballot. But what's interesting is that they are very openly saying that uh, openly admitting to the undemocratic nature of the recall campaign. In fact, their, uh, their uh, campaign manager, the recall campaign manager just recently said that, and he said this openly, uh, they, they don't want a general election vote in November because of the high turnout levels in the general election. In other words, they want a low turnout because low turnout special elections are dominated by very wealthy and wealthy white voters as opposed to working class people and people of color who are often marginalized from the political process and the recall campaign is you know just shamelessly admitting this so in other words we are up against as you said the whole theme of this interview it's a campaign of lies and distortion and misinformation and it's a campaign against voters who already voted for this election in 2019 and so we are having to combat all of that through a grassroots campaign and we are uh, we are absolutely going all out to the Shama Solidarity campaign, and we need solidarity from everyone around the nation. So it doesn't matter where you are, where you're watching this, we need your help. Uh, and what we're doing is now in a very so safe, COVID safe, socially distanced manner. We also have tables uh, outside grocery stores. We are going to be knock, uh, door, knocking on doors as soon as it is possible to make sure that people understand that the, the election that they voted for in 2019, that is that is being upended by the billionaire class and that they should not let that happen. I mean, in many ways, if people are discouraged by the defeat in Alabama, here is another front against Amazon that they could join in if they feel this company should be held accountable. Give out that website for the Solidarity Campaign. It's shamasolidarity.org. That's my first name, K-S-H-A-M-A, solidarity, all one word, dot O-R-G. And yeah, we definitely need not only financial contributions, of course, because you know we are up against billionaire cash, uh, no surprise, but we also need political solidarity in other forms. So if somebody is watching this video and you have labor leaders, community leaders, movement leaders who want to express our, their solidarity publicly, we need that. So please contact us. And we'll post a link to that. Shama, good luck to you. And I'm sure we'll have you back on our program again. Thank you so much, Sonali. My guest has been Shama Sawant. She's a member of Seattle City Council, a proud socialist who survived a massive Amazon-funded campaign against her re-election and who now faces a politically motivated recall campaign. We've been discussing not just the recall campaign, but also the loss of the Amazon union vote in Bessemer, Alabama. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. We're online at Rising Up at Sonali.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali.